one. Fire it up, footballers. We are live with a very exciting uh, rendition with um, True Marty. Marty is here. Um, you know, you always see him on Twitter, and he's a good activist out there and a big-time, you know, uh, super fan and super leader uh, for the some organizations in the Chicago Fire, and he, you know, just an all-around good person. So right I, from I, I'm, uh, as well. yeah, and I'm really excited to have you on, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk today about uh, all sorts of fire-related things. So, cool. Um, yeah, should be good. I'm excited. All right, let's pull up this. Uh, so I saw you put on an "Ask Me Anything" uh, tweet. We could certainly we'll refer to that. We got the live stream going here too. Yep, yep, yep. So, so we'll be able to questions coming. So we'll be able to respond to the live chat. Uh, where are we starting with James? Um, well, I'm a, a, well right while I'm dilly dallying. Talk about Manchester United. Did they win yesterday? No, we're not going to talk about Manchester United. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you know, I, this is something I kind of want to talk about. Um, is just uh, it's the newest news with the potential of Johan Kapelhoff, right? He was spotted in Madrid. Is that true, Marty? Uh, it is. I think uh, Guillermo tweeted that out earlier, so that's about as solid news as you can get in uh, in Fireland. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, I would certainly not mind having him back. He's been one of my favorite players over the last uh, three years that he's been here. Um, mm-hmm. He's been phenomenal at center back, and uh, yeah. Um, I know that there was some talk of trading his rights. Um, he almost went to Cincinnati on draft day, and I know there were a few other options for him around the league as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to like the lifestyle here in the States. Um, his family seems to like it, I guess. So uh, it would be a wonderful addition and, and a good snag in a position that we need filling. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think right now, right, it, it's only... Re- been uh, stated that he's just uh, I don't think he's even practiced yet he's just with them and traveling with them and he's going to practice so he's not officially re-signed correct uh he is not officially re-signed and from what I understand he was just on a plane to Madrid I don't think he's okay. actually with the team um they went to the Madrid Hetafe match which is on right now um okay. so yeah we'll, well see we'll see what happens there's uh, a match on right now I guess so, um, but no. If 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 Cap comes back and they have the addition of Marcelo, and there's always that you know uh, Nelson rumor that there's that elusive center back that he's going to bring in. So if they bring in three center backs, um, if that happens and Cap does return, I mean, I mean, does that solve everything? I mean, it it, it makes them not have really the need for fullbacks because they might be able to get by with Campos, Hassler, uh, Edwards, Corrales. Of course, you would rather have some upgrades there, but. Um, they just have holes in the rate that Nelson's going. You wonder if they're gonna actually fill all these holes before camp breaks. Yeah, I, I think that's been a problem for them the last last couple years. Um, has been you know preparedness in in um, preseason camp. Um, I know Nelson likes to talk about not not setting arbitrary. We're having audio deadline. trouble with audio. With, okay, Marty. Yeah, Marty, we're having a little audio trouble with you. Right, Hold well, on, uh, I gotta solve this. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I think that Nelson has stated in the past that he's not going to be pushed by, you know, arbitrary deadlines, and that he doesn't necessarily need to have, um, you know, the team ready to Jiggly go says he for a first kick. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the last couple seasons, you've seen them um, struggle in those initial games, and that's something that could be solved if you have, you know, 
um, more than 19 players signed heading into preseason camp. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But um, if, if they get some of these deals across the line, I I think the team is uh, in in good shape. Not necessarily with depth, but um, if you sign Kappelhoff, um I think you know you're you're going to have a pretty strong starting 11 come, come day one. Um, I know Usted is um, almost across the line as well. Um, okay. From what I'm hearing, I think that they have a few small uh, contract things to work out with DC about how much okay. uh, potential salary DC can cover. I know he's got you know close to 400000 worth of uh, salary cap hit. So uh, once that's figured out, Hopefully that solves our, our goalkeeping issue. Yeah, so you're right. If 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 Cap comes in and maybe they get one more center back, um, you're right. They don't have the depth, but hey, the starting eleven could be good. And we've talked about this, um, you know, off off air. The the, the front six looks really good with uh, potentially Nico, Georgie, who's impressing it. U.S. Men's National Team camp. Katai, friend. Uh, correct me if I say uh, incorrectly. Frankowski. Right, uh, Frankowski, and then you have Schweinsteiger and Dax, and then we'll see what happens with uh, that back line, and hopefully, uh, like you said, that goalkeeper comes in. But alluding to your earlier point, I mean, it, 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 it is evident, and it doesn't make sense how you have this much of an incomplete roster going into preseason camp. I mean, it is so important, and um, I, I, if you have to overpay a little bit and over, you know, go your valuations... Um, why not? Because I think there's innate value in bringing them in the preseason. And what, what can Pono really do with 18 dudes? I mean, you can't even scrimmage 11 v. 11. So, I mean, you can do a lot with 18 guys, but I, I think you understand what I'm trying to, trying to say. But they need to build that chemistry, install everything from the corner kicks to what defensive block they're running to their tactics. And when you're missing all those guys, um, it takes a while to season. catch up. It takes a while to catch up. So um, hopefully they can, you know, uh, touch on the gas and uh, sign some of these defenders that we've been hearing whispers about. And um, we'll see. Have we even heard any outside back rumors? I don't think so, but we'll see. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, get some signings in. For sure, for sure. With outside backs, I mean, it seems like they might be depending on Campos or Hazler to lock down that right back spot. I'm, I'm like, sneaky optimistic about Campos. Uh, I Maybe it's just because I like him. But we'll see if you get some time and uh, you kind of pans out in that right wing back role, um, uh, right winger. You know, when when I watched him, I was really concerned at first. I'm like, why is this kid that's a pure attacker playing defense? And I watched his, his positioning was fine, his one v one defending was fine. You know, nothing spectacular, but he wasn't suspect, and um, he was serviceable. And maybe he can get better in that role because he does offer something in build up play. He does offer something in creativity. And uh, if he if he can check all the you know most of the boxes in you know defensive you know talent, why not play him? Especially with um, you know Hassler, you know who knows if he is the best option. So we'll see. And then we got Corrales on the left, and gosh, yeah, that full, those fullbacks are definitely you know position is thin. I mean, um, you also have the possibility of if you sign Kappelhoff, you can play a three-five-two um, in which. You have Marcelo, Cap, and Basti in the back, um, and then you your wing backs are, are free to have a more attacking role because that's a pretty pretty solid back line. That's a very um, solid back line. And yeah. I know that a lot of people 
probably won't agree with me here, but I think Fosti is going to be a, a center back going forward. Um, whether it's his own comments or or Paolo's comments about you know um, surprising people or having versatility or the ability to switch back and forth. Um, look, Bastian is 33. Um, he's had not not significant injury history, um, but um, he has had a, a couple couple scares here and there. Um, for the longevity of his career, I could see him playing center back for another two, three, you know, maybe even four years. Um, and so shifting him back there, I don't think is as big of a problem as, as some others might, might see. Um, I think if he makes that position his own and you have, you know, Cap and Marcelo or, or who, whoever it is that they're bringing in, um, in a back three, um, that, that is fine by me. I think you're onto something there. Uh, I, I agree. Basti's legs have been, you know, steadily losing their physicality. I mean, they're still beastly big, but it's just like he doesn't have the legs for a full 90 in that center mid position. But running from the center back position, being the top ball playing defender from back there, pulling the strings, that's going to be great. But Jeffrey's created, or Jeffrey's brought up a point before. When you have Basti as your deep, deepest, most center back, it creates some problems. So I wonder if we'll see Basti maybe shifted to the right or to the left side of the center back or in the yeah. center. Where do you think he's going to be well, in that center back line of the well, three? You see, I, I then that means it's going to be a three in the back system, and I, I can I can dig that. You know, he's just getting up, finding those seams. You know, sometimes it's going to look like four in the back when those wing backs come up, uh, come back, five and he can still. Back. Or yeah, if he's trailing or if he's back, there, it could be look like five in the back. Um, I just don't think he he you know he just doesn't have the fifty fifty head ball. He has the positioning and the the you know communication and the organizing, but. Um, I think he could do it, and especially, like you said, the, the problem is they possess right in front of the goalie, and that's a lot of ground to cover, but, you know, we'll see with these additions, maybe with uh, full preseason with those top six guys, um, they will be able to build better and, you know, push that offensive, I mean, uh, push the attack on the other um, team's half. Because the issue, they're always in front of our half. I think I mean, the issue last year was outlets. Right. Outlets were... Uh, you had Jorge, you had Jorge Corrales on the left side as your as your main left outlet when Brand because Brandon Vincent was playing center back mostly, and then you had Campos, Ellis, uh, a mystery <laughs> sometimes over on the right Capos side. But I liked when Campos was kind of your your uh, your outlet on that right side. So I mean, you need dependable outlets for that to work, for that three back system to work. Yeah, and um, I mean. Also, positionally there, if you play with a back three and you have Basti as the center of that three, um, you can play, you know, between the other two and uh, Dax um, as kind of, you know, a secondary holding midfield just slightly in front of the two center backs, um, allowing him to distribute and not necessarily having to worry about getting, you know, caught off guard with with uh, uh, counter and, and his movement. Um, and another thing that makes me... Uh, think that Basti will predominantly be a center back this season is if you look at his first year in MLS, um, he missed a significant chunk of playing time um, mm -hmm. when he was expected to be a holding mid um, or a box-to-box -box midfielder. Uh, his, his legs just couldn't keep up, right? And mm -hmm. then last year you saw his uh, minutes per game, total minutes on the season go up uh, mm -hmm. as they shifted him to the back line. So... Um, something else to think about there. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely a recipe where he can be that uh, center back and the Chicago Fire can win. There's definitely a solution there. They definitely need Kapoff. Hopefully he's coming in. They definitely need the proper wing backs. 
And um, but uh, Marty, who do you think is gonna if if Schweinsteiger drops in? Who do you think is going to fill that uh, center mid role, or they're just going to play Dax and Georgie, or is there going to be a third center mid? Um, I, I think that uh, you're going to play Dax next to either um, Bronico or, or maybe Mo Adams kind of claims that spot this season, um, and, and they're going to try and see what, what uh, Georgie can give them in that 10 slot. Yeah, I think so, uh, too. I think, yeah. I think you're going to see Georgie... Um, play tomorrow for the national team. Um, that's awesome. I'd be surprised. I would probably actually expect him to start. Um, I think at the 10 roll. He's going to get a cap. And he's going to get a cap tomorrow. That's, woo, sure. that's exciting. And, um, I'm pretty sure he'll start. Um, so with that being said, we'll see where, where Burhalter plays him tomorrow. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he wears the 10 shirt and plays that role. So Does that mean Bronico's a starter? We're getting some comments here. Oh, well, we're uh, hold on, can I just comment on one thing? I, I mean, I just uh, just with Brant Bronico. I mean, he had some good minutes. He had a good spell this, there. Sh- I want to table the, the fire roster talk to later, though. So let's okay. get into section eight <laughs> here a little bit. All right. So let's re- we'll, we'll, we're going to table the fire talk because we're going to we're going to dig into it. We'll get into a lot more of this because it's so fun to talk about. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about section eight. Let's rattle off some of these comments real quick. Jiggly wearing his Frankowski jersey says <laughs> Cap is our best CB. That's awesome. Campos isn't a defensive player. Please no more. Margaret saying agreed. Philip says Basti's 34 and will be 35 midseason. Yes, mate. That's why he's switching to center back. Jiggly calling him a sweeper like Lubos Kubik. Uh, uh, let's see. Came into a high-minute season. for uh, Slow days with a great point. He, uh, Basti came into the high-minute season from not playing for nearly a year, almost half a, half a year and a half with Man United, coming back from that injury slowly. Yeah. Uh, so also says, if Bronico is starting, we are in trouble. Uh, Jiggly think, says Bronico's okay. I think Brant's okay. I, I mean, think Brant's yeah, great, maybe, maybe you don't want him to be your necessarily starter, but he, he could definitely push for that spot. Maybe you need some competition there. Um, I mean, he's, he's a serviceable midfielder, and given uh, what the roster looks like now um, and you know just the, the way in which MLS functions with their, their roster rules, um, you, you've got to have squ- squad guys in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, whether whether you like it or not, he he works hard. Um, he may not be the most skilled on the ball, but he makes up for it in other areas. Um, and if you're gonna play or try to play Georgie as a ten, and you still have um, you know Kataya and Frankowski on the wings with Nico up top, um, you know you've got to you've got to give and take. And if you're gonna put Basti at center back, um, you know. Bronico and Adams are, are your two partners for, for Dax. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. You're absolutely good. Well, what, what are we going to do? All right, let's, we'll, we'll dig into <laughs> some section here. Let's pause for station identification. Welcome to Spitting Fire, everybody. Thanks for joining us live here in Chicago. Uh, toss us a like if you enjoy the conversation. Toss a like if you enjoy having Marty on. Thanks for joining us this, uh, this cold, brisk Saturday morning. And thank you to Marty for also taking the time to join us here. All right, uh, Marty. So I... Uh, Want to have you on talk a little about Section Eight? I saw you having this awesome food drive. You did that last year. It was a very successful um, thing that was going on for the Fire Initiative, and I uh, just yeah. So I also heard that there were some Section Eight elections recently. So there's a there's a little bit I was just wanted to curious about. So Section Eight, Jeffrey and I, when we first came to the Fire, I mean we've been fans for over 20 years uh, since the Fire started because we're big we're big soccer players. But you know we weren't season ticket holders till like a couple of years ago. Our first few couple games at the Fire. 
we were like, you know, what are we going to do? We showed up early. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, the sector Latino embraced us. They like, brought us in. They're like, hey, have a beer. We, we were walking around the parking lot. We had no idea what to do. So the sector Latino brought us in for like our first game. We had a beer. Next game, we're walking around. We walk over towards Section 8. And we like, oh, what's this? And there's like a there's a, there's a hospital vehicle. or There's just a bunch of people. There's like food stands, good times, you know, so, music and, going. And so. we walk up and, every, and you know, kind of like felt welcome in, in the spot right away. And then, so, and we ran into you. We bought scarves off of you and said hello. And it's just like a, it felt like an awesome atmosphere. So, where did Section Eight come from? <laughs> like, how, were the they history? always? You asking about the history? Were they always here? Yeah. So, um, I just like to start off with a really quick kind of intro into what Section Eight actually is and some clarification. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so, a lot of times people confuse uh, the Harlem End uh, with Section Eight. Um, so, in that sense, that's a little bit of a misnomer. Um, Section 8 is officially um, a 501c3 non-for-profit organization. Um, it's wow. actually, you know, the cool. Independent Supporters Association for the Chicago Fire. Um, so it's a wide umbrella. That's important, though. Isn't the ISC, the, the, uh, the Independent the independent Supporters, what is it? Association. That's very important. I believe that there's a couple fire representatives down, like Nicole Hack down in Dallas, doing something with this. Yeah, so that is actually, um, the ISA is what represents all fire fans here in the city. Uh, The ISC, which is the Independent Supporters Council, is uh, the kind of nationwide uh, umbrella organization that uh, talks about supporters issues. uh, And it's not just for um, MLS-affiliated supporters groups. It's also uh, for USL, NASL, when that existed, all, all types of support. Um, so when you talk about Section 8, uh, it is officially a 501c3. We're talking about this organization that represents all fans, whether that's, you know, Sector Latino, uh, Banter Buddies, Whiskey uh, Brothers 05, uh, any of the people that sit unaffiliated uh, in 117, 118, um, whether you're a season ticket holder in the club seats, up in the balcony, the ISA is here uh, to support you and try to um, empower and affirm people's initiatives across the board. Um, okay. So that being said, the Harlem End is also um, a subsection of the ISA, right? That's the, that they mm-hmm. represent those that sit in that end. So just a clarification there. Sure. No, got, following along just perfectly. Um, no, he's still going. Yeah, keep going. going. Yeah. Um, so again, as, as an ISA, uh, Section 8's goal in the past, and this is stated in the charter, is to create an inspiring environment um, for the entire organization and its fans. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether that's on-field kind of support or in-stadium support, whether that's off-field support in terms of some of these initiatives that I'll talk about later, um, the ISA is here to help organize, help coordinate, help facilitate, right? Um, And so we do that. Like I said, four matches in the parking lot. We've got merch for sale, um, all sorts of different things. Um, As far as history, um, to my knowledge, Section 8 is uh, the first such supporters organization um, in MLS um, and probably North American soccer. Um, So unfortunately, we're going through some tough times the last couple years under current ownership. Um, But the ISA and Section 8 as it stands is still very much uh, look, looked up to, very much appreciated by supporters around the league. Um, 
quick shout out when the Timbers Army was forming and, and trying to figure out how they're going to function officially. Um, they reached out to a lot of Section 8 Chicago elders. Um, they used our bylaws as kind of a blueprint for um, what may work, what may not. Um, and, and it's not accidental that uh, Nicole and, and, and Scott and, and Rudy Gomez are, um, you know, being looked up to at this year's ISC again. So um, that's kind of a little bit of background on the cool. ISA in general. I can cover some more specific stuff if you have um, questions yeah yeah so. i i got i got one so if if uh if someone was coming to a fire game for the first time and they walk past your little area what would you tell them to do first thing that for them to do um well the first thing they should do is uh grab a beer from one of us <laughs> good answer absolutely grab a cold beverage yeah the, the north lot has been a welcoming place um whether we're actually going into matches or not. And, um, um, you know, we're more than happy to bring people in and um, give them the lowdown on, on what to expect. Um, hopefully that lowdown will include actually going into the stadium this season. Um, we can talk more about that later as yeah, well. We missed um, you. <laughs> yeah, that we missed you. The players missed you. Um, anyways. Uh, anything else, Jamesy? What was your question on Section 8? Well, I mean, there's just – well, I, the other thing I, I know that they do is they do stuff for away matches that's, like, very important. And I also know that Marty was, was saying something about, like, a big away match um, potential shindig or something. And that's that's one of the things that really brought him into the club, and a lot of people have spoken to that too, where they, like, went on an away match, had a blast, and just felt so connected to the club. So any more on that, Marty? Yeah, I think away travel has been um, something that is especially unique to soccer culture in North America. Um, it's not something that other other sports here in this country do. Um, it's it's quite a commitment given you know personal cost, travel time, the distance and that we need to cover because of the layout of this country. And it's something that has been uh, very special for me personally um, and my ties to the fire. Um, I had been going to fire games for um, about a year before I went to Toronto away um, on a trip, and, and that was my first away trip in 2006, I believe. To the BMO? Um, to, yeah, to BMO, and um, I instantly fell in love. I mean, that was, that was the turning point for me in which I said, on the, on the, literally on the car ride home after being dropped off from the bus, at like six or seven in the morning, I got home at eight. I called the fire front office and I was like, wow. "Sign me up for season tickets." And, wow. Um, it's it's something that we've done very very well in terms of traveling in the past six uh -oh. a few years ago, and and you know those seven people are are now your new best friends. I've also been on trips where we have, you know, eight hundred and fifty people in Columbus, um, but no matter what, there's just this feeling of camaraderie. There's nothing nothing better than you know having your back up against the wall because you're in a place that's not your home, but you look around and, and you have, you know, your brothers and sisters by your side. And it's, it's a beautiful feeling. And it's something that I think has gone missing over the last few years. Um, it's hard to get people motivated to travel uh, when the team is shit and when, <laughs> when the front office treats you in the way that they do. Yeah. Um, and so a very, you know, a watershed moment for me this season would be to do one, one really big away trip um, Cincinnati has come into the league and I went yeah. there for the open cup match against them. And that was a beautiful experience. 
Um, they've got a great stadium. They've got a great thing going uh, for them down there. Don't they pack um, the stadium? Like, don't they come out? They do. They they typically they sold out that Open Cup game, um, and it was quite the atmosphere. But you know, the group that went down there on our side gave them a run for their money as well. I remember Cincinnati fans coming up to us after the game, and they're like, you know, Section Eight is something that we've looked up to. We've we've always remembered your trips to Columbus. Um, the way that you guys travel, the way that you guys conducted yourselves, speaking about that match in particular. Um, so it would it would be beautiful for me to see see a huge away trip at least once this season. Um, so it, I'm going to work towards that, and, and hopefully we can um, subsidize that as as an ISA and I- encourage that on on a wide scale. Yeah. Uh, got some comments here. Uh, Margaret saying we're going to Cincy. Uh, Jiggly saying oh, away trips are integral to making fans feel like they're a part of something. Uh, totally agree, and that's what Marty was saying. And you and you just feel connected there. We haven't done it. We were actually we lined it up last year ourselves. It didn't work out for, us, but yeah. we make that happen for us soon. For us, what brought us into the fires? We're big soccer fans as it is. We we support the EPL. We're Man United. Jeffrey walked out on the field with them way back when, so we feel like a deep connection with them. But long story short, we were with our buddy Patrick, and he was, uh, and he was just like, "Hey, I'm a season ticket holder for the Fire," and he just said, "You should do, you should do it. Just get one." And then we thought about, it, and we're like, "Yeah, we should support our local club. We're getting older; we can afford it." And so that's what really brought us under the fold it's of season fun. tickets. Yeah, and we, and we both love soccer, and, and it is fun to watch. I mean, what was it, the 2017 season that you know they had some success, and yeah. winning football is fun to watch. So, um, yeah, hopefully, like we said earlier in this uh, episode, Nelson can figure out that back line. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, what should Section 8 mean to the casual supporter, to the non-member? Uh, sh- are they able to get tickets through Section 8 sometimes? Should they ever walk over to the Section 8 section during the match if they want to, like, rah, 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 cheer louder? Yeah, so, again, if you're talking about Section 8 as the organization, um, as a 501c3, we're actually not allowed to have members. So oh. there is no official membership for Section 8. Uh, if you mean sitting in the Harlem end, I think everybody should come, you know, check it out if, if we're back there um, this season. If we're, we're, we're in the stadium, come check us out. Come sing. Come wave flags. Um, everyone has something different that they bring to the, to the table, um, whether it's, you know, creating two poles, um, whether it's showing up and shouting and singing. Um, what are two poles? Flags, waving scarves, um, the countless hours that go into making... Um, banners and TIFO displays, um, there really is something for everyone. So don't, don't be shy. Come on out. Um, people, people treat you well in, in that, in that North section. And, um, and you know, and that's not to discourage people from supporting in other ways. Um, Sector Latino and, uh, 101 and Banter Buddies do a really good job of, of, uh, providing atmosphere as well. Um, Hopefully that'll that'll be something that that is brought back this season. Uh, I know you guys want to talk about that in a bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but if if the Harlem end isn't isn't your thing, there are other options. There are, you know, we have um, a lot of longtime supporters that are now sitting in club seats. Uh, we have longtime supporters that are up in the balcony in the corner kick section. Um, the whole stadium is is part and parcel of of the community and the atmosphere we're trying to build. So. Um, just get involved is what I would say, and, and there's there's something for everyone. There's a, a niche that you can fit into for sure. Uh, you mentioned two poles. What are two poles? 
Uh, literally just banners held up by two poles. <laughs> the TIFO, the TIFO, which is Italian for, for something. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. People have asked us before, why don't you sit in uh, Section 8? And we're just like, you know, um, we kind of just like watching soccer, you know? <laughs> I, I really like, especially when I go, like I get so zoned in and geeked about the game. Like, of course, I'll, I love, um, you know, when you guys are, you know, who's the best and all your guys' chance. You know, I, of course, I, you know, banter on with you guys. And, um, but yeah, like you're saying, there, there's many different ways to consume the Chicago Fire. And, and hopefully everyone explores all those, uh, you know, avenues. One yeah, thing I mean, you guys are saving yourself some time for sure. You don't have to watch the replay because you catch everything live. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my back to the game for. How was that? Yeah, 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 tell actually, us about ex the explain that. Yeah, how how was that? Is that fun? Like, wh what's going through your mind? You like, do you have a script? Is it just spontaneous? Yeah, take us through that kind of, you know, being up there. Capo. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So. Um, a little bit different now than it used to be, but uh, the capo stand used to be something that was, uh, that was meant to um, kind of not organize, but, but keep things moving and keep things on the same page when the section was the entire north end, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in that sense, we used to have people on the main capo stand. We would have capos um, in the aisles of all four sections. <laughs> To make sure that everyone's just on the same page. Um, in terms of how I got involved, um, the typical structure is uh, you would be asked by whoever was a current capo at the time to um, kind of do that type of work on away trips um, in a smaller setting where people, um, you know, would would have some more practice before before the real thing. Um, and, and the, the capos would pick out people that they thought were passionate and represented, um, the community's values. Um, and you know, um, from there it's, it's turned into a, a, a whole different thing of people critiquing how that functions and, mm. and nitpicking on how, oh. uh, you can or cannot run the capo stand. So. Um, but all of that is to say that it's just about having fun, right? <laughs> it, it should be more of a liberating yeah, experience. It's, it's about it shouldn't fun, be yeah. about containing yourself. It should be about letting loose and also helping the the crowd let loose and give that energy to the players on the field. Yeah. Yep. So why would you restrict um, that? Yeah. And and you know, given the current environment, everything has kind of taken hits here and there, and yeah, and, and that's one of the things that certainly has, but. When I'm up there, I don't think about, you know, any of the, the politics going on. I don't think about any of the uh, issues going on with the front office. It's about um, creating an atmosphere in which the Chicago Fire are going to uh, be able to win their home games um, or away if, if I'm there. It's and, about the team. It's about community. It's about. It's yeah. About, it's about team. No, no, no doubt when, uh, when, when uh, you guys were not there. I mean, there was very little energy. We brought a few ga uh, friends to the stadium, and they were just like, what? Like, they were just not engaged. and yeah, It was weird. It was definitely just this, the, the atmosphere was whoosh, sucked out when, you can imagine being the when those super fans were not there. So, yeah, imagine the players. So, I really, yeah. we really, I'm sure the players, everyone hopes you guys are back this year. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, there's nothing I love more than, you know, hearing the, the kickoff whistle and, and, and getting into it for, for 90 minutes. And, 
I miss that, and and I hope that that I can be back in the stadium as well. Heck yeah, I, I think hopefully it sounds like things are working towards that way, but we don't really know how much. We'll get into it real, in a little bit here, uh, but uh, with the you know with Nelson and all that. Hold on, I, I literally wanted to read these comments. Jorge saying, "I'm thinking about doing an away trip, possibly Cincy." Jiggly said, "Minnesota was a great one." Jorge says he hasn't been to a fire game yet, but I uh, think people should go at least once just to experience it. Is he oh. saying maybe you know maybe last year? I don't. Uh, Jorge, get out to a fire game. Yeah, They're, go, uh, go, go, go 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 go. They're awesome. The F, the front office should be more lax on what they uh what they let Section A bring in. They should let people bring in streamers, blah blah blah, noisemakers, other fun stuff. Yeah, it should be. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they have horns. Well, and yeah, stuff. What do you think about that, Marty? Real quick. The, what do you think about bringing uh, some Jiggly props says, and things like well, that? Jiggly says it's about Bridgeview. It's not the front office. Also says Capo's guitar clip. Capo <laughs> is later. <laughs> He's making fun of us. But yeah, Jigs, how do you feel about bringing, uh, you know, some some gadgets, gizmos and gadgets into the stadium? Uh, I think that the front office has done a really good job of allowing us to function in in a pretty open capacity in terms of what we bring in in the past. That has it's never been an issue. Um, they last year actually before all of the current mess happened um, in the operations meeting to start the season off, we were given clearance for smoke. Oh wow! Um, so that is something that I'll I'll be looking to. To do if we're back in the stadium. Um, that sounds it fun. Requires oh, yeah. it, it requires that. licensure, but it's not a not not too lengthy of a process. So hopefully, I'll be able to get um, to get that going. Wait, it's smoke, um, but it's a little different than flares, right? Uh, flares will never uh, be allowed into MLS Stadia uh, based on the league's rules. Unless you're um, in Toronto. As well, um, given the fact that they're incendiary devices, Bridgeview doesn't allow for those. Um, so. Um, they're fun to see, but but a hard hard no logistically. Yeah, yeah it just um, seems dangerous. Mm-hmm. At least officially, ah, they're not dangerous. But, really? Um, I mean, they're safety devices. Yeah. Oh well, then, it's, 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 come on. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you you get kind of jaded. That's my first take. That's my personal take. Yeah. Sometimes you get jaded in how you think about these things. You're like, oh, I always see that. Oh, there's fires, but then yeah, you know you see it on the end yeah. of the highways helping a truck. So, uh, but. <laughs> Speaking of community, which we were just getting into, you know, feeling connected to community and feeling connected to the fire, uh, there's a food drive going on that you ran last year really to, to a big success. What's going on with this food drive? Aren't they working? Aren't you working with the Chicago uh, Greater Food um, Depository? Um, yeah, we are. Um, and this has been a partnership that has been ongoing. Um, last year was kind of the first time that we did um, a massive kind of community-wide push. Um, but the food depository is something that I have been involved in personally for uh, a very long time now in, in various capacities um, in, in, in my other communities that I'm um, a part of and interested in. It's something that the FIRE, uh, including the FIRE Foundation, uh, were a part of years ago. Um, they're not it's a part of now. That individual supporters have volunteered at in the past. Um, some people like you know Guapo Frank Cardenas um, was a, a huge advocate of the food depository and a lot of his initiatives when he was still living in Chicago. Um, so this isn't something new to the community, but it is something that um, I took upon um, myself as well as the volunteers that have been a staple in this initiative over the last couple of years to kind of streamline and, and make bigger. Um, so last year, the food drive, we earned over uh, over $10,000 for the food depository. Um, 
which was you wow. know, a, really, a really lofty goal, but one wow. that we met. Um, and so this year uh, we're re, awesome. re-upping, so we've got that goal. Um, I've also got a few other initiatives here and there that should be able to, to help us um, associated with the food drive. Um, so right now I'm in, in talks with a few different organizations about sponsoring um, a Section 8 jersey for mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the proceeds of which would go to a um, to this food drive. Oh, cool. Um, might, I su- we- might I suggest the Chicago flag being incorporated? <laughs> Uh, it, actually, the design that I've been working on in the last couple of days is a is a, a, a city a municipal flag kit. I'll I'll be sure to message that to you, give you a sneak peek. Ooh, heard it here first, boys and girls. And then put like a giant picture of Nikolic's face on there. Uh, <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll be able to get clearance to put the food depository logo on the front. Oh, uh, that yeah. would be spectacular. That's a fantastic uh, idea. Yeah, they're going through a bit of a rebrand. Um, so once they get their new logo figured out, we'll see if that's something we can make work. Um, but that's something that that is part of this initiative. Uh, the other thing, and I talked about this a little bit during my time um, speaking at the AGM, is uh, we're going to be working with um, uh, the Chicago Kitchen, um, which is uh, semi-associated with the Food Depository. It's an organization that... Um, provide scholarships for housing insecure individuals to attend culinary school. Uh, and I would like the section to sponsor uh, one of those individuals um, for that scholarship, as well as provide season tickets for them. And that's something we're working on. Wow. That sounds like a really cool initiative yeah. too. Uh, yeah. giving so, somebody a job. And it sounds like you're going to, you were trying to help them up with potentially with like a, a, a job after they they graduate something, you know, potentially set up themselves up in the future. It sounds like a cool little initiative. Yeah. We have a lot of wonderful individuals that are, um, business owners and season ticket holders, um, in the food industry. So oh, wow. hopefully we can, we can get that going for them. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. It's, there's a lot of cool stuff. Where, where can you um, find this information? Where, where can you find this information? Where where can we find uh, this information? I, I tweet regularly, and I think you guys have put the uh, oh, the yeah. link to our drive in the YouTube channel, which I'm, I have to thank you for. I'm gonna put the I, I, I got a re I made a new we made a new video, so I gotta put the new link in the description. I'm doing that right now for everybody. <laughs> sure. But uh, actually, uh, what we were gonna do is this is totally unsolicited. But we were going to do a live donation uh, and challenge anybody else to join with us. I mean, five bucks between 20 people is 100 bucks like that for the price of a beer. So if anybody feels like joining us or ever felt like, you know, paying us for the services we provide, like which we do not, you know, we just try and (laughs) talk to the community. But if you ever felt like, you know, helping us out, throw some money towards the Chicago Food Depository. Like five bucks buys a person a sandwich, really buys them like a week of food, it seems. It it was incredible to see how much food. I was buying for a person when I donated earlier. We already donated once before, but we're gonna do one live on on film right now. Join us if you like, uh, and you can come back. It only takes two minutes. Yeah. Hop over yeah, to Mar- True Marty so Party's uh, Twitter for the link. Also, I'll have the link in the description of the video, so it, you go there, and then boom, uh, just join us with a little uh, sh- Chicago Fire Spitting Fire Food Depository Challenge, and just you know, throw five yeah. bucks if you got it. And do a good deed for the year. Thank you so much for doing that, and it's. It- it's been a crazy week for us. I mean, we just started on Monday and we're past the $600 mark already. So um, it's been a really, really uh, inspiring and kind of humbling 
week. Um, I know it's super cold today, so I'm not going out for a beer anywhere. So that's you know. That's a great bucks. idea. For, you yeah, know, you already um, got your beer no. at home. I'll give a I'll give a cool. beer to somebody yeah. else, or or eggs, or a meal. For a, for three weeks, it's incredible. So we're going so, yeah. to do a little live donation cheers, here. Cheers, uh, cheers for you, Marty, and your organization for that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a... us if you if you got if you got a couple dollars to spare. It felt really good to do it the other day. I'll I'll tell you that. Um, um, all right, Korea. Uh, hold on, I gotta, you want to talk a little? Well, you can talk. I'm donating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll do it after you. Um, if you want to see what it's talking about next. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, Keller thirty one. Keller thirty one. Any other interesting um, can collaborations? I, can I say one more thing about the food drive? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Dude, keep talking about it. I'm donating right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, before we move on to the next uh, agenda item, I'd also like to um, give a shout-out to um, the front office on this one. Um, I, You know, there have been a number of front office employees uh, as well as players that have donated to oh, the cool. food drive. Uh, both last season and this season, it's truly something that's community-wide. Um, after the Jersey launch, I had a verbal confirmation from uh, John Urban um, that they are going to uh, support the food drive in in um, some way. Hopefully, there's a meeting between John and I coming up in the next couple weeks to, to hammer out what that's going to look like. Um, but this is something that goes beyond whatever... Um, issues the front office and the supporters might might be having um this is an issue that's much bigger and um you have to give props where they're due and, and the front office has done an excellent job uh with with helping the isa and and uh, facilitating um not getting in the way of, of of our tailgates um for this specifically and and hopefully encouraging um giving this season so um thank you to them and, and stay tuned for updates on that Awesome. We, we donated a cool. dollar per every live viewer in the stream, which was twenty-five. So uh, we got we just <laughs> put awesome. in we just put in twenty-five dollars in that. addition. I like well, I, I did a we did a couple dollars uh, 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 maybe earlier last week just to get going. But live donation, feel free to join us. Couple bucks, three, two, a dollar, five bucks goes a long way for this. And uh, and just anybody joining in the stream, I mean, five bucks here times twenty people is a hundred bucks, and that gets us closer to the goal. Just helping out Chicago, really feeling connected to the community, and I, I felt good. I'm like, oh, did my good deed for the year. I mean, <laughs> you can look at it that way, but it definitely, I mean, did two already. But it just, it felt so good to give the gift of really to help a, ch ch a child. To help a child that's in trouble with food, and that's that's all over Chicago, and especially on a cold day like this, you need to have a nice set of eggs and, and a bacon yeah. breakfast and all that stuff, and and some people don't have that, Maybe and so five bucks for of my time is nothing to give to these people. So, so I'm glad to help, and, and we are glad to help you out there, Marty, and and we have the link in the description. Feel free to join us live or or not live if you're watching this video after the fact. Feel free to join. We got the, um, we'll have the link in the description to for the Chicago Fire uh, Food Depository and the Chicago Fire's uh, initiative put on by here by Section Eight to help out the community. All right, you know, um, I'm ready. I want to talk about some fire. Right? Uh, we're almost there. <laughs> Keller, wait, did you fire. mention? Did you talk about Keller? Oh, Keller 31. That was really cool. A, a Bastion Schweinsteiger beer. Yeah, that was uh, a very very fun project. Uh, something that I'm super proud of from last year. That was probably my favorite part. Um, yeah. Pa pa wait, uh, actually, pause real quick there, Marty. I, I believe you're you're given like a giveaway for um for people who donate to the um 
every month you're doing like a giveaway for like a, a, a jersey or, or a signed thing, right? So yeah, just something to incentivize a donation, right? Yeah, stealing jerseys from children and giving them away to uh, to people that donate, I guess. Um, so every yeah, month, like, it, there's a winner. Yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, you know, people in the community have been very generous with gifts. Um, I have a little bit of a jersey collection myself. Um, so just to incentivize and, and keep it, you know, fire related, uh, this month's prize is uh, a Blanco signed jersey from, oh. from a few years ago. Oh, that sounds That's awesome. Fun. That sounds awesome. awesome. So just another incentive to, to help out. Five bucks enters you for a little drawing, but really it's helping out the city of Chicago and, and our community. And that to me is awesome. No, let's get back into Keller 31, which was a special a special thing with what, 312? Or not 312, but with Goose? With Goose Island, yeah. It was uh, actually a continuation uh, of uh, an earlier partnership and collab. Um, so we sat down with Goose Island... Um, prior to the fire's 20th anniversary. Um, and we brewed a black lager with them and it was our 20th anniversary lager and that kind of no. partnership. And then uh, I sat down with them a few months later and they said, what, what do you have in mind? What can we do next? Uh, and I said, you know, we have, this is a totally bonkers idea, but if you guys will entertain me in this meeting, you can say no, but let me give you my spiel and um, basically just sat down and said, we have a World Cup winner um, who comes from a land where, where beer is, you know, more prevalent than water. Um, <laughs> Deutschland. We're, we're Deutschland. never going to have, um, you know, and, and not just us, but MLS will, will probably, it'll be a while before we have another player of Boston's quality and caliber. And I said, we have to, we have to do something. Um, so I said, we need to brew this Keller, which is a traditional German... Uh, German-style unfiltered, unpasteurized lager, um, and I said, let's let's get the yeast from from Germany. Let's let's get the hops from Germany. Let's make this a true um, kind of German classic meets um, American craft beer collab, uh, and it turned out beautifully. It was draft only for a little bit, um, and then I hand bottled a few cases uh, to give the awesome. Uh, and we Ooh. got them to Basti, and they had them in their uh, Gatorade fridge for the last game of the season last year, and the players were able to enjoy that. So that was a, a, a special moment for me and um, a special moment for, for craft beer in the city and, and hopefully a special moment for Basti as well. Um, it was a super fun project. It's cool. Absolutely. Awesome. I it, it, so some. is that continuing? Is there going to be a new one for the season? Um, how does that work? So Keller 31 won't be made again. Um, but I am actually having a meeting with Goose tomorrow, um, and we're gonna get started on what's coming next. So Ooh. is that is that is that classified? Uh, what's coming up next? Is that classified information? Um, I mean, it's non-existent information. <laughs> no, no. Um, Better way to put they're, it. They're they're very happy with um, with partnering with grassroots organizations, with local organizations. They were very happy with the way that Keller 31 turned out and, and the way that the beer turned out and the watch party we had at their at their brewery, um, mm -hmm. as well as some of, you know, the high-profile craft beer bar accounts that, that, that carried it in the city. So um, they're looking forward, I think, to, to continuing this partnership, and I've got a few ideas to throw their way um, 
from my end, I hope that we can continue to, to feature current or past players um, in this collaborative series. Um, McBride's so. Brian or something? <laughs> McBride's uh, yeah. Brian? Or... That's funny. Uh, I'll leave that one for Columbus, but yeah, I've got yeah, I've got a few few ideas, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, what else do we got here, James? I think we did that, and now we could let's get into a little ask ask a little bit about cheers and songs, and then we'll yeah. Any anything new for I'm I'm I don't even know if your heads um even thinking about this yet, but um any new cheers or songs introducing uh, into this uh, upcoming season? Uh, no, not on my end. I don't I don't really work on that. If, mm-hmm. if people have them, I can certainly facilitate that from the compo stand if if I'm up there mm-hmm. again. Um, but I am not the songwriter i like the classic <laughs> uh, what's your favorite what's your favorite one what's your favorite uh, chant that you guys do um well actually so one thing that i have tried to get going over the past few seasons and something that's been pretty successful has been uh the pippy champ um which i borrowed from eintracht frankfurt um so that's a a good one and, and another personal favorite is uh herbs and horto <laughs> Uh, for me, I want to hear a song that everybody can sing in the stadium. Just whether you it's like Olay. whether want I want Ole, I want whether I want Fire's Ole 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 to come back, or if, or if it's uh, Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground by uh, White Stripes or something. Oh 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 oh. oh. Just something that we can get people who don't know the chants or the songs involved, because you know there's basic tunes that people know. Oh, by the way, thanks for everybody who's donating right now. We, we, we have a couple of people who's donated. Thank you very much for you joining us with that. You um, people had some suggestions. And uh, so what's going on here with Sector Latino and Free 101? Is there some new, new, new movement in that? We had Walter DeZeo on a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about uh, what was going on with Sector Latino and just giving us a little bit of an update. Uh, so what's going on? Yeah, um, I saw that you guys had Walter on, and, and he can give a lot more insight from uh, from Sector Latinos and that I can. Um, in terms of uh, how meetings with the front office have been going, um, you know, that's, that's something that um, those of us involved in those talks have, um, we've been adamant about not necessarily sharing what's going on in those meetings until things are finalized Um, so i probably won't be able to give too many details um understandable i will say say that um there have been some things that we have worked out um positively um that is a credit to both the front office members and um the the community members outside of the front office that are involved Um, there are some things that we're we're still working on um, that that I'm hopeful about, um, and then there are, there are some things that we will never see eye to eye on that are um, I'm not going to lie, pretty huge stumbling blocks. Um, mm-hmm. The way that the front office sees uh, community structure, uh, the way that they understand the functioning of a club or franchise, um, however you want to term it, is very very different than the way that the ISA and um, specific members, myself especially, um, see the way that, that, that it should function. Um, but Could you um, imagine bringing uh, in a, an, a member from um, L3 and not having Sector in the stadium? Like, wouldn't that be just a, a positive and, like, you keep bringing up the word community. Wouldn't that just be an easier way to establish community? I mean, so, 
again, they are missed for sure. Yeah, um, and then I guess I guess another detail that at this point is public knowledge. I've I've seen it stated elsewhere, so I don't mind echoing this. But um, sector Latino um, one hundred and one. However, however you want to um, encapsulate the group that sat in 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 one hundred and one this season. Um, will be given a section back this year. Um, they are currently deciding on, on where that is going to be. There is, um, there is a plan on the table which allows them to choose from uh, section 101 um, from the south end behind the goal, that stage area, um, as well as 134, which is the former away section. Um, so on that, on that south end, oh, wow. uh, they have um, choices and um, they will be back in in some capacity next year, which is wow. something I'm very happy about and, and very very proud of. And um, it's going to be good to have you know our brothers and sisters on the south end. Wow, um, that's awesome. Hopefully, wow. out in full voice. Well, yeah, we'll try to keep the viewers updated as that situation is ongoing and as much as we can. And we'll always you know Stay try the atmosphere it. back. But uh, I think it, one last thing before we break into the real nut, you know, the real good stuff here of the fire. Uh, the election just happened. What happened? What were the results? What were the, the results? <laughs> no Russians involved. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um. Yeah. I mean, I we had we had our AGM and and the election. Um. Unfortunately, we had some some uncontested positions. Yours um, was right. Mind. In, in, in my mind, that's unfortunate because if it were up to me in an ideal world, you know, each position would have three, four people running for it. Um, I, uh, I am the current Section 8 vice chair, um, and that's a position I especially wish was contested. Uh, I'm very happy to represent the community. I'm very proud to do so, but um, I also how would have you had that to, position to for? a race in some of those we positions. Yeah, Jeffrey was asking how how long you had that for. I, I told him that you that you literally just got it. Cool. Yeah, this is my first year. I've um, in the past I have tried to stay away from um, being you know on the board. Uh, you don't have to be on the board to undertake any of these initiatives. Uh, actually, I think some of the bigger initiatives in the community um, have been undertaken by people not on the board. Um, however, given the state of 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 the relationship between the front office and, and the ISA. Um, I felt that this was a year in which I brought some specific strengths to the table and, you know, um, I, I decided to, to make that jump. So, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, any other questions on, uh, let's, let's go, uh, we'll pause one more time for station identification <laughs> before we break <laughs> into the fire. The uh, yeah, but thanks for joining us on spinning fire, everybody. Just, t uh, toss us a like if you enjoyed the conversation that we're having and, uh, and for having Marty on and also, uh, hit that bell icon so you can get notified of our live streams. We usually do it like every Saturday or Sunday or Monday. It's, you know, it's kind of, we do it like once a weekend, we try to be pretty regular. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's uh, every other weekend sometimes if there's no news, but it, it, that's what's going on there. So toss us a like. We really appreciate it, and uh, and thanks for appreciating us and our work. Uh, let's break into the fire stuff, though. Go. Let's go. We, we teased it at the beginning. <laughs> let's get into it. Get into so it. current optics. What's the fire? Current optics. What are, what's going on? Is that a question? I, what's your question? Yeah, what's going on with these current optics? I mean, it's like on the one hand, it's like terrible. On the other hand, it's like, oh, we got half of a team. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then they're fighting with the fans. So I mean, what is what are the optics of the fire right now? And also, what's the perception for players to be coming here? 
Yeah. Yeah, Marty, you start off with that. Yeah. Um, in terms of current optics, I, I think that um, around the league, you know, this is not a good look for the fire. Um, you have, you know, pundits on Jigs. the soccer side of things saying, what are they doing with this team? Um, why are they, you know, doing a, a fourth consecutive rebuild here? Why are they making some of the, the roster moves that they made in the offseason prior to these additions? Um, and, you know, even people at MLS Soccer have been very, very critical of some of the ways in which both Pauno and Nelson have, have undergone um, this, this kind of um, rebuild in a soccer sense. Um, as far as off-the-field optics, I think that most of the coverage of um, the current situation between supporters in the front office, you know, doesn't doesn't paint the front office in a in a positive light, and and rightfully so. Um, whether it's um, uh, the various athletic pieces that have come out, whether it's been you know any of the the local coverage or national coverage of of this standout, um, we've got a lot of support from from around the league in terms of. Um, the way that we've 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 carried ourselves and and structured um, our our kind of um, agenda for building, increasing, and protecting supporters' rights. Um, so again, not not a not a good look for the fire. You know, you, you, know, you were talking about the product on the pitch there for a little bit, and you know. It's so it's it's borderline egregious, and if it is egregious, I mean, to, to have that 2017 season and to regress that much, I mean, it doesn't make sense. I think all of us were a little bit optimistic after that season. Hey, if we can build off, you know, our performance last year, maybe pick up a few players, um, maybe we can make a run at the cup or a deeper playoff run. And they just completely regressed, and now uh, the roster's starting to take shape, but they still lack subs and reserves, and they're like. Our commenters are saying they don't have any defenders, so uh, we'll see what uh, Nelson does. But um, Marty, if 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 Nelson pulls the product on the pitch off and brings in some defenders and some players, and let's say they do start winning, and that's a big if, do you think Toyota Park could be packed? It's not Toyota Park anymore. What is it? The Sea Geek, right? Um, I mean, I think Nelson has specifically said in the past that the stadium was not empty because of boycotts that the stadium was empty because of performances on the field. So we'll, we'll see how true, true that, that statement is. Um, but I hope there are sellouts at SeatGeek Stadium. Um, it's, it's a, you know, wonderful city. It's a beautiful club. It's a wonderful community. And, um, you know, I think there's a, I think there's a misconception that somehow these talks and this standoff between the front office and the supporters, uh, diminish, um, our love for the club and you know that's not true at all mm -hmm. I think that every single individual in these talks every single individual that has made a conscious choice to avoid going to Toyota Park and SeatGeek Stadium uh, every individual that has made a very difficult decision of stepping away from years and years of se being a season ticket holder um, a lot of people that, that decision that decision was not made easily um, and it's my love for the club that brings me to these talks and has brought me to these decisions. Uh, and I, I genuinely hope that, you know, we win the double this year and, you know, <laughs> run the my, tail. My biggest, my biggest hope, my biggest dream is to, you know, 
go on an away trip to uh, Jamaica or Trinidad for uh, for CONCACAF Champions League. And that would be incredible. It's, it's my dreams for success that, that fuel um, a lot of the other actions. I, I think that supporters are an integral part of the way in which a club succeeds, uh, and that's, that's, that's my hope, um, and that translates onto the field. Um, so in, in no way, you know, once, once the starting whistle blows, um, no matter who is wearing the shirt and, and the crest, I hope we win 5-6-0 every game, um, and, and that hope has never gone away. Um, let's say Kapelhoff does return. And the, the, the way the roster is currently constructed, um, would you be more suited? Of course, this is just us bantering here, but would you prefer the three-in-the-back system? Would you prefer the four-in-the-back system? Or does it really just matter, again, what Schweinsteiger wants to play? Yeah, I think, I think those are some very poignant questions. Um, I, I, think, I, I think we've seen in the past that Pauno isn't afraid to... Um, to switch up formations, right? Um, even mid-game, yeah. Um, whether whether or not there is a rhyme and reason to those tactical changes is another question. Um, but personally, um, I don't I don't mind playing a three-five-two. I think it's uh, been a successful formation for various clubs throughout the league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see them to see them play that way. I think it would be positive attacking soccer and. And that's something that, uh, with our front six, as it stands, we can pull off, and hopefully, it's a it's a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, winning six six five still gets you three points, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And um, you talked about Pono a little bit. Um, do you do you think Pono is again? Um, do you think he has learned? What what do you? Let me put it this way: What have you seen differently from Pono from day one to now? Have you seen him progress? Um, tactically or anything like that. Um, what are your thoughts on Pono and going into his fourth year? Um, yeah, I think I think I was um, I was surprised by him receiving a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I haven't um, I haven't seen too much to to warrant such a renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Pauno is someone that um, has a lot of heart. He has a lot of fight. Um, I think he he has a lot of room to grow, though. Um, and I haven't seen a willingness um, from from him to uh, address some of the mistakes that he's made in the past. I think the way in which he interacts with players is troublesome. Um, him benching people based on Pauno's doghouse. <laughs> Yeah, Pano's doghouse. Exactly, it should be a, a, a hashtag at this point. Um, the way in which he's treated players in the past, um, you know, it doesn't make. Well, last out. year doesn't make any sense. Like what he did playing Brandon Vincent there, he stunted Vincent. Uh, Vincent Lillard didn't play. Like there's a he that back line last year. I mean, I know he was trying to win or do something like that, but I mean, why not? You know, if you're if if the season's not going to go well. You know, might as well give those minutes, get some tape on guys like Lillard, like Campbell, maybe Drew Connor as a right back. Um, why not give those guys the opportunity? And instead, you saw some of those guys walk. So, well, um, neither neither Nelson nor Pauno rate young American players. So, and I think you've seen that in a number of their decisions that they've made over the past three years. So, um, 
that's the short answer on that one. Mm-hmm. But but as a coach, you have to be willing to learn and grow. Um, and I I haven't seen that. Well, and this this is his first professional uh, coaching gig, correct? Uh, first professional club. Right for a professional club. So. Yeah, and we'll see. Hope, um, all I'm hoping for is he has a plan, and he has some sort of tactics, and he uh, sticks with it. Um, those amoeba tactics that he did last year, changing. I mean, um, I get get it. I, I mean, I get it why he did it last year um, with the way the roster is constructed. But I just want to see some consistent brand of football, and um, that the lads can build on. Um, that's really all I'm yeah. looking at for Pono. I think consistency is is key, and and you're absolutely right on that. Um, I've spoken to a number of players that are, you know, no longer with the team that have said, uh, we didn't understand what was being asked of us. Um, really? We, wow. we didn't have, uh, we didn't have a sense of identity. Um, Pauno as a coach, uh, you, you never know what you're going to get tactically and you never, um, yeah, they don't have a distinct system. I mean, you guys from your vantage point of matches, you know, I would ask you if you could pick one, one system or, or tactical understanding that you saw, what was it? I, we, we've talked about it often on yeah, here, and it, it. It, it, it's something we talk about often on here. It's just like, what is, he what is the formation <laughs> is he's running? playing? And, and also, what's his offensive system? What's his what's his system for scoring goals? Bearhalter has a system. Vermes has a system for crea- basically consistently creating goals. That's what they kind of depend on. If any other goals happen in any other ways, it's like the bread and the butter. And soccer but, players are like dogs. But, they need one or two ways to behave, like changing them. And there's just changes like week to week. You can't have that much change. And it, it, the changes week to week changes you yeah. tactically. You're like my job changes. It it it, it, allow, it doesn't allow you to mesh as a team. Where you look at where you where you're Dax McCarty, you look at Brant Bonico and you're like, I know I could pass him because he's going to drive forward. But maybe this week, Pawn was instructed him to do something different with the ball. So no longer do you have that trust. The trust gets shattered week to week because everybody's doing something different, and, and it, it blows the players' minds because like I, I I'm you know the players playing with the other you know everybody has to do something different and all these constant adjustments add up well it, it, it definitely is a, a blow to the psyche because you're like all right coach doesn't think we're good enough to play uh, one or two different styles of consistent football grant wh- whether that's his four two three one or his three back system and when you keep switching again it, it's like wow coach doesn't think we can play this and do this well and um yeah I, I i think we all don't agree with that so we'll see we'll see what he does this year and you know, I like Pono. I think I hopefully we all. I, I like, I like Pono. Pono. Like you said, his fire, I, uh, passion. Like he's de- but he you said know? his man management. He said his man management is a little bit, you know, left to be. The one thing about I'll say about Pono, though, another good another good aspect. He does seem to learn sometimes. He's definitely <laughs> he definitely seems to learn. Sometimes. Like uh, this season, yeah, he, he sounds positive. He sounds a little bit more loose. But the thing is, you know, he's got to get the dogs to be able to play a set position. Then he's got to have the confidence to stick with that and we got to see that as fans because he can win us back he can win us back but right now I, I, we are all very wary of Pano yeah yeah um I like I would just echo what you said you 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 pick <clears throat> one or, or two ways to play and and you stick with that mm-hmm. um I mean there's it's not it's it's not difficult to see why a lot of these younger players haven't developed in the way that you've expected them to. That's a great to point. When they're jumping from the academy or jumping from college ball into, okay, now we're going to be Barcelona and understand 15 different, you know, tactical scenarios. 
Um, it's a great and point. You're gonna, and you're going to have to implement them on the fly. And you're going, no, um, you know, MLS isn't a league in which that you see teams like that. Not yet, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's some of Bruno's naivety in, in, in being a new coach and, and trying to, um, you know, do too much sometimes. Yeah. Um, Jiggly said overcompensating. Yeah, he learns and then overcompensates. And, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, um, you know, he has a really good t- uh, front six that we think, right? We, obviously, on paper, we haven't seen uh, it to grass yet. But on paper, that looks really good. So we'll see what Pono does with that. That back four um, is still uh, – well, And Schweinsteiger. Where's Schweinsteiger going to play? Like we, defense, so. we, we think that he's going to play in the yeah. center back position, which we mentioned earlier. We get into, uh, real quickly, ownership. Ownership. What's going on there with Mansueto and with Hotman? Mansueto was there to welcome Frankowski. Uh, Hotman was not. What's going on with ownership? Um. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I think um, Mansueto's purchase of the forty-nine percent minority stake this season um, spoke volumes to me about the direction in which the club is going to go. Um, I don't, you know, want to speculate too much or, or bring up too much about, about Andrew, but, um, to my knowledge, uh, there is a clause in Mansueto's purchase contract of the 49% stake that allows a trigger for purchasing the remainder. Oh, wow. Um, wow. That, um, I've heard that from, from multiple sources with, within the organization, um, so, so he might he might be prepared to heavily invest and uh, become full time owner. That's that's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, I think um, rightly Mansueto has has distanced himself. Um, he hasn't given any public interviews, uh, to my knowledge, um, and and I understand that. Um, I think that if if he does buy a controlling stake, uh, if you look at at his past. Uh, Mansueto is not someone that invests in uh, failing products. <laughs> it's and, good, good, uh, good track record. That's a really hopeful thing for me. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the future brings. Um, I think you guys, as well as the wider community, know my stance on on Andrew Hauptman and and his ownership. Um, I don't need to necessarily repeat it here. <laughs> yeah. But I look, um, I look, look so forward do, do, to to the future. Do you think there's a, a, a the possibility of Chicago Fire being very popular here in Illinois. Do you think there's that's ever pop, you know, reached the popularity of maybe a Galaxy, which you see SKC? Do you think there ever be there there could be that big of a following here in Chicago? Absolutely. I mean, we have so many untapped soccer markets here, um, or soccer sub markets. I, I think that I know you guys want to get to it a little bit later, but I think once you get out of Bridgeview. Um, it's not. Let's get into the, it now. Yeah, sure. It's not the problem. It's not the only problem currently. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is a big stumbling block. Um, I think that if you're in the city proper and you're winning trophies, um, winning winning brings people out. I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not a, an avid. I'm not an avid fan of of other sports, but you saw it with the Hawks. You saw it with you know with the Cubs, you're seeing it inversely with the Bulls, a team that I grew up watching. Yeah, no um, one's going. Here's the thing about that: uh, Chicago is a different kind of sports market where teams 
in order to be relevant, relevant, they got to be good or have something going for them for the future in Chicago market. There's other markets which are, you know, kind of used to not winning all the time. The Memphis yeah. the the Cincinnati Bengals, the Browns, these, these clubs, which, you know, not perennial losers, but aren't perennial winners. Uh, like they haven't been treated to Michael Jordan for six seasons, although they had LeBron over in Cleveland, but just like. Chicago fans are kind of spoiled and they demand more because of that. I think they demand more winners and more winning for relevancy. And and that's kind of a thing you need to have in Chicago to be a successful sports franchise. That's what the White Sox are kind of trying to capitalize right now with their rebuild. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think this, right, it's the third largest market in America, right? The the demographics there and the the experience surely is there. And uh, there's tons of, like you said, football fans here in Illinois and specifically the Chicago suburbs in Chicago. And they need so, a winner to support unlike the Rockford Ice Hogs which will get the community to come out to the games. They 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 always are packed games just cuz community feels such an affinity for the Rockford Ice Hogs hockey team. So cuz I've been to a few of their games my buddy lived out there and we would go to the the whole community shows up whether or not they're winners or losers. And so winning is independent in certain sports organizations and certain sports towns. It's not. But in Chicago, Royals. it's crucial. Um, I, you know what? I want to talk about Georgie. Um, how do you feel about Georgie uh, coming in and well, not coming in, but doing well at U.S. Men's National Team? Do you think that's um, obviously it's a positive? But is there something on the horizon here that you know he potentially might be gone? Um, I think Georgie from day one has 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 had his sights set on Europe. Mm. Um, I think he greatly appreciates the opportunity that Pano has given him and and the success and the room to grow and all of that. Um, and he, you know, um, since, since I saw him in his first training camp here in Chicago, uh, you, you knew that you had a special player on your hands. Um, and I think it's going to be a credit to, um, the academy system here as well as, um, you know, a, a success for the, for the current, uh, technical staff, um, not if, but when Georgie moves on. Yeah. Um, I think that I know of, you know, a bid from Germany and a bid from, um, from, from an Italian team as oh, well. Oh, wow. So he has interest have, already? Have already come in. I think a lot of teams are going to wait to see how he does this season post-surgery. I mm-hmm. think that was a big blow to him, and he's come back even better, perhaps. Um, yeah, he looked good. Yeah, so um, we'll we'll see tomorrow how he how he does in his first cap. Um, I think he's got a very bright future ahead of him, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he does overseas eventually. I wonder if he. I, I figure we're gonna see Georgie at Cam a lot this year, and I also think we might see him appear on the wing every so often, just wow. some just sometimes, I like a, no like a forward attacking Cam. Um, I mean, if Katai uh, needs a rest or if Frankowski needs I a rest. Oh, I, for the most part, I think he's going to be the main number 10 going forward. But it's exciting that he's, you know, potentially going to get his first cap. And whether he leaves on and just like um, um, Gutman and Polster did, obviously us as fans, you know, kind of stinks. But, you know, it's it's great opportunity for them to get uh, to have, you know, to play for some clubs like that and benefit their own career. So um, if George, that does happen to Georgie, you know. Good for him, and uh, hopefully we can bring in some more homegrowns. So uh, we just signed a few home, uh, new homegrowns. Yeah, uh, yes, I think so. Uh, we did yesterday, correct? What was his name? 
Do you remember his name? Reynolds. Reynolds. Yes, yes, yes. And his little brother got called up to the U17 national team along with a couple other fire goalkeepers and another player. Okay. Yep, and I, uh, I believe it's the U15s actually. But, yes. U15s? Well, when, now that they got uh, Reynolds into the fold, to me, that means you have to get Damian Loss in. Uh, he's the U17 um, goalkeeper for the U.S. Men's National Youth Team, and he is a t- apparently a top player. Yeah, if they're going to sign him up, they need to do it soon because, you know, Loss has been on the radar of a lot of clubs overseas as well. Do you, do you have any insight on the Gutman thing? Um, just like how this guy isn't uh, a men in red? Like, how did we not pounce on this guy earlier? Yeah, so here is the the lowdown on the government situation. Ooh. So I know um, from, you know, this is, now that it's all worked out, um, this is coming from his, his agent himself. Uh, Gutman was given a completely ludicrously low-balled offer by the fire. Uh, it was only two guaranteed years at the league minimum. Um, and wow. so... Wow. Laughable. That, that was, you know, laughable is what that was described as by someone... Uh, involved in the in the situation of potentially getting this contract done, um, so that shows me that you know he wasn't rated by Nelson. Um, maybe he was never going to come here to begin with, given the current turmoil and the way in which this technical staff has has treated domestic players. Um, yeah, so yeah, early and often. Side, Nelson didn't rate him on the other side. He had options overseas. Why wouldn't you take those? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Early and often, we need to be signing these homegrowns, well, homegrowns, and giving them some more opportunity. And that you, this is a big complaint of yours, not having uh, the USL affiliate. Um, you know, what are the, the the big teams that have it? Right, Toronto, right? They're growing some kids. We just grabbed one of their kids, right? That was playing in right, the, the USL. You I'm Red sorry, Bull. Red Bull in Toronto. I always do. Uh, <laughs> but um, but still, I mean, not having that USL team and signing more homegrowns and um, it's something that should happen more. Um, yeah, Nelson doesn't feel that way. So, I mean, he's stated in the past that he doesn't believe that the, that a USL side is advantageous to the fire, um, which is completely understandable. Um, but if you're not going to go that route, you have to be able to, um, build rosters in other ways. And he hasn't necessarily shown that, uh, he can do that. Uh, it's been a very mixed bag in terms of, uh, and trying picks. to build the squad otherwise, right? Um, for for every Frankowski and Kaplahoff, you know you have your Del Grecos and Arshakians. Um, yeah. So Ooh. I feel like I heard him walk that back a little bit in his last interview, where he's like, you know, maybe we in the future we'll be looking to establish like a USL team to get, make this path easier. But the thing is, this guy was responsible for the selling off of the uh, Chivas's youth program over to LA Galaxy, and that's how they ended up with LA Galaxy has a rocking youth system now that actually should be owned by LAFC apparently, but. Uh, one of the things was that Nelson, Nelson did while he was over there is he orchestrated that that sense. sale. Why would you? Uh, and so it's no surprise that he doesn't believe in the youth when he. That's what already on his track record. Doesn't make any sense not believing in your own players that have, you know, put the blood, sweat, and tears from, you know, day one into the crest and give these guys an opportunity that are from the area. And it, it just doesn't make sense why to give those guys a chance, not not to give them a chance. And you look at IX, right? They just sold Frankie Dejong and. Uh, Southampton is another good academy system. Of course, Manchester United, and it's it's it. Look across seas, you can look 
to Mexico. It doesn't matter where you're looking. It just makes sense to build with homegrowns. And he, he's been stacking this team with trialists and draft picks, except for this year, and had a lot of swing and misses with his big uh, gets, like his big transfers. So that's kind of why this roster is what it is. But we need to see more homegrowns, and they need a more opportunity to play. Let's break well into said. let's break into this uh, little roster real quick. So forwards, who we I think start. Let, let, we'll talk about the starters kind of. We'll, we got Katai, Nico, and Frankowski kind of leading that offensive line. I feel like left, right, uh, left, middle, right, and um, Katai. What you think on the left side? Frankowski on the right. Um. Yeah, but I also think you can invert those during the match. Uh, I hope that's something Pano plays with, um, especially given both of their abilities to cut inside. To I think you have with. a great point there. They have a pro- both of them have a proclivity to be able to play inside forward and be able to launch a curler with their opposite foot. Uh, Katai has two feet. He definitely does. I love that. And I'm excited to see. And I read some scouting reports about Frankowski being able to do the same. So I, I, I think we will see some inverted well, wingers sometimes. I think Katai's probably going to have to play a little bit differently this year. I mean, uh, we talk, you talked about outlets earlier this episode. And, you know, he really was one of our only outlets and was a high-volume possession and opportunity guy. Like, he needed the ball a lot. And um, it, with Frankowski and potentially Georgie needs the ball. And so there's, some, there's guys that are going to need the ball. And we'll see what type of football. Are they going to play possession-based or counterattack? And so I think we'll see a little bit different from – style of play from Katai, uh, but he still has those tech skills and those abilities to shoot with both feet and his dead ball ability. But I, I'm really interested to see how Katai plays this year because he, I think he kind of hurt Nico. I don't know. This is my suggestion. I mean, speculation, but, you know, Nico didn't have as good of a year. And I don't think he took nearly as many shots. And I think that was just because they were trying to get Katai the ball a lot. So I think they need to spread that ball around more. Well, I mean, I think that that's part of it, but also Nico... Um, you know, I've seen a lot of talk about um, his his down year last year. Nico is a player that is a, a, a born finisher. Um, <laughs> yeah. He that's his job. His job is not you know to create. His job is not necessarily to you know high press. His job is not necessarily to hold up play. Um, there's a reason he's been a Golden Boot winner in every league he's been to. Um, and when he wasn't getting service last year, well. If the ball's not there for him to finish, he's not going to do it. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot of attacking tools this year, and I hope they get him the ball more. Uh, I think he'll have a, another really good year. Do you know anything um, about Fabers or Martinez, the two backup wingers that we brought in? Um, you mean Fabian Herbers? Yeah, Fabian Herbers. I call him Fabers, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, maybe that's a good nickname for him. Um, I know that he wasn't uh, getting much playing time in Philly, uh, he was loaned out to their affiliate, uh, Bethlehem Steel. Um, so um, a lot of potential from from a few years back. Hopefully they can recover some of it. Um, I watched Martinez play for Columbus a few times. He had a few appearances for them uh, last year and the year before, I believe, as well. Uh, he's someone that was uh, you know, featured in, in, in the Open Cup against us, I think, two years ago. Um, he's, he's quick. He's got a lot of... Uh, raw talent um hopefully someone they can kind of polish up and central uh, american correct yeah i think there's Uh, some potential um i think uh, if i'm not mistaken he might be panamanian i'd have to double check i think that that. is correct i think that is correct i i want to read a question here real quick um thank you for that on you go a big gift for the fire 
Sure. Okay. Is that where is Reynolds a big get? I don't know much about him. I don't him. think so. I, think I don't it's know. A good, much about it's him. a good signing for the future, but it's not a big get. Getting Gootman would have been a great get. He could become. Um, Jake says he's probably going to go to the USL. Pono loves inverted wingers. Pono likes those flex forwards. Absolutely. Pono straight up playing amoeba like always. Oh, no, I don't like amoeba. No. Um, this is what I want to talk about a little bit more. Thank you for that, Nico. Why don't people value that? You know, uh, I think a big problem you know that some people see about Nico is he's offsides a lot, and that uh, if you look up on any league right now, I guarantee you the Aguero. players players that are probably offsides the most are probably close to the leading goal scorer. Uh, it just happens, right? And especially because um, it, last year, I think it was more evident because, you know, their build-up play was slow. And when you're making runs, you know, if you hold on for it for a second or two longer, um, you're offsides. And Katai is one of those players that like to hold on to a second or two longer. So uh, he wasn't getting the service like Marty said. Um, but he's a pure goal scorer. And he's not going to really help in build-up play or link balls. He's just going to score like Marty said. And I think people are, you know, undervaluing <laughs> That stat, um, the statistic, because there's uh, the new type. The, there's a new type of striker, right? Those Marcus Rashfords, Anthony Marshalls, that are just these pacey guys that can do it all. Um, but Nico, what is he? A three-time Golden Boot winner, five, and, and, and four or five. And the striker's job is to score, and he can, and that is his job, and he could do it well. Yep, um, I also think uh, he's going into the last year of his contract here, so um, you know. If he wants to extend his stay in Chicago, which I know he and his family love it here, um, he's going to have to put some numbers up, so he's going to be hungry. Um, yeah. I heard he's interested in, in, in going back to Europe later, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe sticks around Chicago for maybe one or two years if the possibility of trophies are on the table. He wants trophies. Schweinsteiger wants trophies. These guys, Dax McCarty, they want trophies. I see a driven team. So I'm excited about that aspect. Two questions here. Let's see. A little off topic, but are there any talks about improving the fire training facility? No, um, not the one downtown, I don't think. But there is talks about potentially getting a tra new training facility up around the city of Chicago, I believe. I don't know if you know anything about that, Chicago. And also, how come Merch Bobo is always wrong, Brendan Rafferty <laughs> said? No, he's oh, <laughs> no yeah, way. Uh, Bobo just, uh, he relays what he hears. So <laughs> sometimes, you know, things are fluid. No, absolutely. Um, he reports them as he hears them. Uh, in terms of the training facility, they will be adding uh, another training pitch to um, the uh, parking lot in Bridgeview, um, which I guess is a plus. I don't know. Um, in terms of a full-fledged facility, I don't think that's going to happen uh, under the current majority ownership. I don't. I don't see that happening maybe after Mansueto. maybe when Mansueto. maybe that's one of the first thing Mansueto does I also wouldn't be surprised if MLS comes in and tries to help facilitate the leaving of Bridgeview <laughs> uh pay pay off the lease I mean Bridgeview's going to be stuck with a depreciating 200 million dollar asset or no 100 million dollar asset they owe 200 million dollars on maybe they could figure something out but I don't I wouldn't be surprised if we see that happen because for the MLS TV deal of the future they need the city of Chicago to be relevant and in the city of Chicago, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the Bridgeview lease is, is, is a mess. Um, it's it's interesting to read through. Um, Mikey Turner has done a couple pieces on it, I think. Yeah, um, great He's an athletic writer out of uh, Seattle. He does a lot of uh, the legal kind of analysis for the athletic. He did a really good write-up on it. Um, I've read through the lease myself. 
um, it's it's pretty solid. Um, there's there's no no way out of it in in terms of uh, trying to wriggle free outside of a buyout. I think, mm-hmm. um, and those two parties, Bridgeview and the current fire ownership or majority ownership, um, don't like each other very much, to say the least. That that relationship is 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 very very tense. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't see a buyout coming unless the the lead kind of helps out. It might be one of those things where uh, they go to the owners and say, look, this year everybody we're we're chipping in five million dollars and we're gonna we're gonna get Chicago out of this hole and it's gonna make the league better. Yeah. I think that's happening. I think that is going to happen. And I think that that is the plan going forward that Garber is working on and other people around Chicago. I think that's kind of the secret conspiracy, my my own thoughts there. Uh, but let's break into the mids uh, real quick. And we're, we're almost close to uh, settling yeah, we'll, up we'll here. We'll, up we'll, here we'll get close to finishing up here because I feel like we're all getting a little maybe a little tired. We've been going for an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, thanks for hanging out with us, Marty, by the way. And thanks for everybody for, for watching. Uh, but let's break into the mids real quick with Schweinsteiger, Dax McCarty, probably your main starters there with Georgie Mihailovic at Cam. What do you think? Well, uh, real quick, he's like you said earlier, if 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 Schweinsteiger's going to play in the center back, oh, then who's Schneikes. if he does, then who's going to step up and be that third center mid spot? But Bronico, uh, they, they have some guys. They have Mo Adams, and that is one position they have depth in. Yeah, I really like you know, I like Mo's hunger. I like um, the way that. That he thinks I like the fact that he's driven. Um, he's got great technical ability, um, so I think both he and and, and Bronico offer you something there. Um, again, you know, they might not be um, the first name on on a team sheet elsewhere, but um, given the current roster, they've got a lot of a lot of value, a lot to add. Um, they're still young. They're they're hardworking and, and have a lot to prove. Um, and you know, Bronico has has shown that that he can he can be serviceable. Uh, Adams has shown that that he can be serviceable. And um, yeah, especially if with with the, the the pieces around those those two, Dax and whoever, um, they're not going to be necessarily asked to do much except for uh, shore up the midfield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if Georgie is your outlet at, at at center attacking mid, and you have outlets on the wings. Um, you you you're only expecting them to work hard on 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 winning the ball back and and then getting the counterattack going through quick distribution. So, um, yeah, I think had... I think looks good. Do do you see Campos is making uh coming in through the forward half of the team or towards maybe the back half of the team in the defense? Where do you see Campos making an appearance? I don't think Campos is a right back at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, that that experiment was bizarre in my eyes um yeah i I think i think he adds a lot of depth in terms of um starting or coming off the bench depending on the scenario uh he can play out wide i think he can uh play you know underneath nico maybe he can play um the center attacking position um and i think one of the things that you know it's not underrated because most people notice it immediately but compost's ability to put a dead ball in has been dangerous right yeah, absolutely and that's, that point. the fire haven't had for years is is a set piece threat so um yeah he's I got a little he's, he's got a little miggy Almiron in him too because he's not afraid to uh, sometimes take people on with a little bit of a dribble and oh, a little yeah, flair sometimes he does that too much <laughs> oh yeah sometimes he does it too much uh real quick 
we were talking about the midfielders and names on, you know, potential first team names, maybe not top of the roster. Juninho back in LA Galaxy. Uh, did we miss him last year? And uh, should we have maybe retained him? What do you think about that? I think uh, letting go of Juninho was one of the biggest mistakes that they made last year. Um, I think it shows you that move particularly showed me that they have a lack of foresight and a lack of plan, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you going to end up playing Basti at center back anyway, and you knew that, Juninho next to Dax is, is a phenomenal strong. Absolutely strong. Uh, and, you know, I'm not trying to take away from, from Drew Connor or, or, or Brant Bronico, but Juninho offers you another level. Uh, there, well, that's there's, a reason, there's a reason why he was in camp with Toronto for two weeks training uh, prior to signing with LA and, and then bringing him back as part of this uh, rebuild. Um, he, he offers you a lot. Would Juni um, have been a DP if they kept him? We just got that question. Would he have been would a he DP? Be, would he have been a DP, Marty? Do you know that? Uh, if we had brought him in this year or last year? If we retained, if we him. retained him. If we retained him, I don't think on salary I would have to look back at what the the loan option pickup was. Okay, yeah, we got that comment. It was here here on loan from Tijuana, and Uh um, I don't know what the buy option number was off the top of my head. Gotcha, gotcha. This next segment should be really, 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 really quick. (laughs) Uh, Defense. (laughs) We got Collier. No, Collier. We got Lillard. We got Marcelo. Seems great signing, potentially. Del Greco has gone. I heard he's been waived. I don't know if you could add any insight on that. Uh, And then we have Corrales at the left back and potentially Hassler as like a fill-in right back. Um, Yeah. So, to my knowledge, Del Greco has not been waived. Um, He's still listed on their roster. Um, If I'm not mistaken, he was in camp with them. Um... So I don't know why you would waive someone days after you took him to Spain with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, to my knowledge, he'll probably be loaned out to, to Lansing. Um, that's a disappointment to hear. As far as that's disappointing to hear that like a I, supposedly a big signing is going to Lansing, the lowest tier uh, that they have. Well, I don't think he's just saying he's gone. He wasn't meant to be a big signing. I think they picked him up on a free transfer. He was out of contract. Um, cap hit wasn't too bad, I believe, 95K. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, a lot for a player not actually using. But um, I don't know. I think there are swings and misses at times, mm-hmm. especially when you have the type of scouting system that you know that the Fire have when, when you've got a guy sitting in a basement you know, clicking through YouTube videos. So uh, football manager? <laughs> you're bound to miss sometimes. Um but, like I said at the beginning of, of, uh, of the video, Basti at center back next to Marcelo won't be bad. Maybe cap off, too. Cap. Yeah. Get right back. But, uh, yeah, defense, definitely a huge hole. Uh, goalkeepers. What's going on there? Do we, do we feel confident having Sanchez being the number one entering the season? Ah. It's like, it, or is Usted supposedly on the radar, supposedly coming in? Usted, Usted, potentially a little bit better. I know that they're actually comparable on transfer market in price, and not to mention there's youth on the side of, of Sanchez, so there's an argument to be made of playing him for the potential of maybe selling him on in the future, where Usted's already 33, and it's kind of like, you know, you know, not an, a big asset. Um, I mean, I think, I think Usted had... Um, 
a really unfortunate situation in in DC last season, um, where you know this the starting spot um, went back to Hamid, uh, and that's not something that anyone foresaw. And I think Hamid worked out well for for them bringing him back. Um, but his time at Vancouver, he was he was a solid veteran. Uh, the beginning of his career in Europe, I think, speaks a lot to his ability. Um, that one's a no. They need to win, and they need to win now. Um, Sanchez, whatever you you think about him, he hasn't panned out in the way that they expected um, or that he expected, and whether he grows from that remains to be seen. But I think that Usted um, should be an immediate starter and will will shore up the back line when they get awesome. it done. Yeah. All right, we're getting close to closing down here. Uh, strange outs. Uh, Brandon Vincent, gone. Campbell, not retained, moved on. Drew Connor, not retained. Michael Daly, you've gone. Uh, Johan, maybe coming back. Polster, gone. Gutman, gone. These strange outs. Anything uh, Anything to them? They're all deep, deep defenders, too. <laughs> Most of them. Um, I mean, it. I think it speaks volumes about um, the the current environment and atmosphere at the club um as much as nelson wants to say that brandon vincent retiring was a a personal choice of brandon's which you know at the end of the day it was you also have to ask the question of if if that professional's only experience was with your club and he decides to retire uh what is what does that say um i think the same thing goes with you know christian dean was a little bit of a different scenario due to his injury history but but similar. Uh, I think dismissing Campbell and seeing him go to Seattle where um, he will probably play minutes at some point, um, that's a mistake. I think letting Connor go is a mistake. Michael DeLue is taking a pay cut to go back home and play in a, play for a side that's in the relegation zone. Um, oh, wow. It, 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 speaks, it speaks a lot um, to the environment. And... Um, it's, it's not just players, right? Uh, I think if you look at the front office, um, they've had season ticket reps, you know, leaving left and right. Mm. Um, Some good people. That, ha- that have been quoted as saying, I, you know, I couldn't take it anymore. Um, it's, it's a toxic environment. Um, there are, you know, staff members that are afraid to engage with, with the community in the ways that they have in the past. Former players come yeah. to board meetings and the AGM um, because their livelihood is being threatened. Um, I think you have, you know, people leaving without the prospect of another job. Uh, the fire had uh, their video assistant leave a few weeks ago. Um, and, you know, in his exit interview, he says that the environment is too toxic and he'd rather not wow. have a job than, than work here. Wow, that's and very concerning. So, um, from top to bottom, it's 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 tough right now, and you know I I have faith and, and optimism in in, in uh, the club moving forward, but it's it's tough right now. The same, we 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 have faith and optimism, but the same, you know, the optics aren't good, and then you see some of the rot become apparent to the outside, and that's not a good thing when the outside can really see the rot because that those perceptions spread, and then it. People don't want to go work or play for this organization. And, and, it has, and former players have left And well. former players. That's so, the other big thing. Why um, do you think that they can't get MLS players to join this team? Yeah, a lot of swing and misses. A lot of swing and a lot misses. A lot of swings and misses. Um, you know, maybe we'll just end with this. Any 
Any transfer rumble, uh, rumors or rumbles you're hearing um, besides Cap Moreno? Or is that just a fan rumor? Omar Gonzalez? Um, yeah, the Moreno thing, I think, is uh, a supporter fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Real put, paid um, around $8 million U.S. for him last, last season to, you know, to, to, to get him. He's playing... Um, some some minutes he's been starting recently. I mean, I know he's injured right now, um, but you know, if if they want to, even if you're entertaining a sale, um, they're going to want to recoup that eight million. That automatically puts him at a DP spot, yeah, which they don't have. Yeah, and that's even if he only plays for a dollar a year. Already, the transfer fee is making him a, a DP, right? Yeah, not right. to mention that a Mexican international coming to Chicago is going to want want money um so i don't see a possibility for that one um other than that i don't i don't have anything in terms of rumors um i heard jeff i heard jeff um cameron and omar gonzalez may be looking to return to the states at some point i believe jeff cameron's like 33 omar is a little bit up there too but but both would be americans uh and if you could get them if you could get them on a tam (laughs) deal that would be excellent center backs to have next to basti not Jeff Cameron, no way. J- Jeff Cameron? He's gonna be expensive. Well, I wouldn't take Jeff Cameron either. But oh wow, you're getting old, right? You're getting old. You take um, Omar over Jeff? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Oh wow. All right, let's uh, let's uh, two last things here. We'll get into your AMA that you put out there just to see if we haven't covered any of those Cameron's things. Not a good team and real before we get into it, Greg Bearhalter to the U.S. Men's National Team, ex that yellow team coach. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't really have uh, too much of a tie to the men's national team. Um, I'm from Poland originally, and um, oh. got family that lives in Argentina, so this those are where friends. my international allegiances lie. But good for the national team. Um, Berhalter is a wonderful coach. Uh, it seems like they're going to have a system put in place, and and they're going to be able to build. And um, I'm excited to watch them. I'm also excited about his faith. In Georgie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we touched on that before. Uh, you want to pull up his uh, AMAs? Right, is that what you got here? The last, what last thing we'll do here? the last things we'll do here. Uh, let's see. So Hector Mourinho, is there any chance with the funny money? Really, it yeah, doesn't seem Yeah, we like already it. covered that. You said no. <laughs> uh, can Merch Bobo play defense? Uh, he's napping right now. <laughs> he's he likes napping. to nap. He's napping. So no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So probably no. So probably no Merch Bobo on defense. Maybe, uh, maybe yes and goal. <laughs> are, we, are we signing any defensive depth? Bonus question for Merch Bobo. What is the proper formula for converting GAM to treats? Uh, <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Defensive depth. Um, I think if they sign cap, they're in, in a good position. I think they need to make a more legitimate play at Opara than they did the first time around. Um, Opara. That would be That would be fantastic. That would be huge. Um, updates on free 101. I think you said that. that as well. As a vice chair, how do you balance being a vocal leader in the current standoff with the front office? You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. And it's with the front office, but while still showing support and prompting the club. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we covered that a little bit earlier. I think so. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the club first and foremost, and everything I do in my capacity as, as chair is to... Um, 
is is to build and, and grow the club and and is aimed at the betterment of the club and so um like i said i always want them to win on and off the field um and that's what drives it so it's it's not necessarily a straight delineation um as as the question um kind of alludes to i think it's those roles are intertwined and there's a lot to do and there's a lot of you know stuff that needs to be done nuances to it uh last question we got here uh from john are we fully committed to playing with converted fullbacks will we resign kapelhoff are you optimistic about the fan front office relations this season so are we fully committed to playing with converted fullbacks like raheem yeah i mean i don't think i don't think raheem edwards is a converted fullback he played there in a 3-5-2 for toronto um, it just depends on what you're asking him to do. Raheem, I think Campos, I think people are thinking of Hassler, too. Oh, yep. Um, we got um, those three guys. Hassler played on the other side. Yep. And then uh, Hassler can play all over the pitch. I think he's got enough skill to, you know, um, he's played at center D mid in the past. He's played, you know, at right back for us. He's played the number 10 role for Liechtenstein in a few matches that I've seen. I uh, even played a striker in one of their um, whatever the European Nations Cup thing was. So, Versatile. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Got the skill. I mentioned that. That's crazy. And I then mentioned that. The last question he said, are you optimistic about fan front office relations this season? Uh, honestly, as things stand now, um, depends on what you mean. But in general, no. <laughs> Uh, last few questions in the um, chat everybody thank you for joining yeah, us by the way thanks for today. thanks for adding to the conversation and thanks for marty for joining us here anyone else hearing the song toxic playing in their head for cameron uh slow days doesn't want own goal gonzalez also heard cameron is toxic in the locker room i've heard that too for the national team uh and uh greg bearhalter's players run through walls for him at columbus so yeah that's a good mm-hmm. comment and that's it's kind of where we're at any final thoughts yeah any here, final marty? thoughts marty as we close up shop yeah if i if I could make one one final comment slash plug here, yeah, um, the Fire for Food drive is not the only initiative that the community has been engaged in actively over the last couple years. Last year, Section Eight, as the ISA, did a phenomenal job of echoing and amplifying various initiatives. And if I could shout out a few of those sure. here, Absolutely. our total sure. giving was, was way over 20k last year, um, including money raised for the American Heart Association by Nicole Hack and her various initiatives, uh, including the MLS Cup Final Watch Party. Um, Whiskey Brothers 05 donated significantly to Asada's Daughters, you know, which is um, a local grassroots collective um, of black women that are, you know, fighting against um, police misconduct. Um, We donated to the Chicago Public Schools through various initiatives. Uh, we donated to the Fire Foundation, the Lurie Children's Hospital. Um, I know Banter Buddies ran a Save the Sea Turtles campaign that, that they yeah, gave to. Awesome. Um, you know, we were involved with the Young Center for Immigrant Children's Rights, Street Soccer USA. We played a friendly against them to raise money for them. DJ Step did wonderful work uh, with Hope of Life. Uh, Sector Latino did their annual toy drive, which was a great success. You know, Logan Squares did... Of their pride raiser they raised money for el, el rescate second C- city social club did a really good job uh, our brothers and sisters there did a giving for goals initiative which did things for uh, a different cause each game they did things like the philando castile memorial fund 
um, Tribe, which is an independent journalist association, uh, Girl Forward, things like that, um, as well as even upcoming initiatives, right? Black Fires are doing a kind of open house welcoming party uh, for their supporters group at Reggie's on uh, February 23rd. And if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be benefiting uh, my block, my hood, my city, which is a wonderful local grassroots organization. So all of these are initiatives that we're able to support as a community. Um, and we've got we've got the power and the resources to get things Ooh. done. So awesome I'd like to applaud everyone involved and, and just echo that, that we can do great things together. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome to hear. Thanks, uh, Marty. Thanks again for being on. And uh, let me just pick uh, my jaw up off the floor. Because yeah, that, that was it. What an awesome, huge a list. <laughs> and a scroll. Absolutely. That was awesome to hear. So everybody keep keep an eye on, on Marty for potential initiatives. Keep an eye on Section 8 for potential. There's other, And as you can hear, there's other groups also. Uh, Blackfire, uh, Banter Buddies, all yeah. sorts of other initiatives to help out. Of course, we have the link in the description for helping out the fire, greater food, uh, the Chicago Fire, uh, the Chicago Greater De- Food Depository. So join us in uh, donating to them if you, if you feel like uh, throwing a, a little donation their way. I, I guarantee you it goes to a fantastic, great place. You're helping children in the city of Chicago. Yeah. And to me, yeah. that is worth that alone. Absolutely. So, but thank you for enjoying. Yeah. Thank uh, you thank, guys for watching. Thanks for thank watching. You, Marty, and... uh, thanks for coming on. I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation everywhere we went. We tried to cover a lot of places where we wanted to go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marty, for taking the time to be with us. Wow, we almost went two hours. Yeah, time to close up shop. Thank uh, you guys so much for having me on. And, uh, there's anything you need in the future let me know um yeah see you soon i hope awesome fantastic keep awesome. an eye on marty for fire confidential he always tweets out uh previews for upcoming games uh for matches so you could get an idea of what's going on or what yeah. to expect in the match we always keep an eye on, on marty for that he connected with uh, guillermo He'll, he speaks with guillermo pretty often if you don't subscribe to the athletic and you pay the couple bucks a month for that it's, it's get it, it. It's get really it get it get the athletic for the yeah. for, for guillermo it's worth it and not to mention mickey turner having some great articles paul tenorio now over there yeah. there's some great writers over there for fire related stuff for mls related stuff so yeah. plug in that plug the charity <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, toss us a like if you enjoyed the conversation everywhere. Toss us a like for, for Marty. And uh, subscribe for more Spinning Fire by hitting that bell icon uh, so you get the, the updates when we go live. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on this cold Saturday morning slash afternoon. Thank yeah. you, Marty. Thanks, Thank you, Marty. Fire. Thanks, Fire. Go Fire. We're, we got about 30-something days till, till, till the season starts. They're in Spain right now. Ah, wow, it's crazy. All right, we're excited. Thanks for watching, guys.